A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps to detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, okay, I see, I see the, the, the backlash, the disagreements with me, not just on here, but on the news video review of AW Dynamite that I did. I said, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it, and all of the marks, all of the, all of the freakazoids. I think this is helping. The freakazoids. This isn't helping. Are going to come after me. I think AEW has uh, a few too many titles, and I think it's really undermining the titles they do want to focus on. And when someone does win a title, because it's like the least of your own company's titles mixed in with all these other promotions' titles, I just I, I, I don't feel like it means as much as it could do, and it's a result of bad booking. Yeah, that's my that's my hot take. That too many belts reduces the impact of the main belts. Freakazoids. <laughs> I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast from Toronto. We're not from Toronto. We're not in Toronto. But this episode emanated from there. I, I did think we literally have a Torontian. It sat in our office now. It's not doing anything. Mm. We probably could have brought him in to have given us like some hometown flavor. He could have told us what roads they took to get to the building. Any tales that you might have from the Coca-Cola Stadium, whatever it was called. Yeah. He could have given us some tips about the the maple doosits and whatever the other uh, hockey things, like hoses. Well, I said it was a really funny bit of Max Caster's rap when he made the joke about Justin Trudeau. And then Brian went, Tempest went... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Well, whatever, whatever. And then, <laughs> and then he listened to it, and he heard the name of some sports guy, and he went, "Oh, Sigburn." I was like, "I have no idea who that was." He was like, "He lost in the hockey last night." I was like, "You still keep up with that stuff?" <laughs> You're here now. You're in the United <laughs> Kingdom. Why won't you back Britain, Tempest? Just dart some football now, Tempest. And uh, and if you're at a push, the snooker. Please press the thumbs up button or not. <laughs> Um, give us but, a but please do press the thumbs up button. Ollie's Ollie's take is tanking this video's algorithm. <laughs> so please do press the thumbs up button. You know what the 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 worst thing is? Everyone's showing their dislike of the video, 
probably plays into the algorithm of YouTube going, ah, but it's engagement. (laughs) So we'll rank it higher for you. Uh, And leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode uh, if you're watching on demand. And if you're watching live, you can have your thoughts read out, your disagreements with me read out by putting in your redacted chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. So we're going to start off talking about the main event. It was Pack versus Orange Cassidy, a match I enjoyed tremendously. First match was awesome. Loved their first one back at Revolution 2020. Wasn't so into their all-out one. The Grand Slam. Was it Grand Slam, sorry? Um, But this one I thought was a good cap to this trilogy that we've had. And a great payoff to the story that they have been telling for the last few weeks of that. Bastard package bastard. and his bastard hammer that he keeps going for. Thought particularly in the in the final closing moments, that stuff was excellent. Mm-hmm. Really, I thought this match was one of my favorite dynamite matches. Like in terms of like you know, we've had Daniels and Garcia, which was like excellent technical wrestling. We've had some really actually uh, Garcia and Utah. We've had some yeah. like excellent like professional wrestling matches on dynamite, technical wrestling matches, and everything like that. This was like a a technical wrestling match that was also a sports entertainment match. Mm. And it's like the first time in a long while I felt really engaged with Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And like really into an Orange Cassidy match. And by extension, then like Pac as well. Like I really, I always enjoy Pac matches, but I've been loving the stuff they've done with the hammer and getting that over. And it just paid off beautifully here in this main event. Yeah, so Pac goes for the hammer, but this time Danhausen's there. He curses Pac. Pac's like, F off, mate. Hits him. Um, and then the referee's like, what? You, you're going to use a hammer? he's a smart referee. Remsburg oh. knows. He's like, what are you going for the hammer for? You know you're not supposed to do that. So the referee takes that hammer away, but Pac is even smarter. There's a smaller hammer under the hammer. And Pac gets another hammer from underneath the ring. He goes to use that on Casty, but Casty counters Two orange punches. Oh, no, you skipped a step there. Oh, yeah. So Cassidy hits the orange punch and he picks up the hammer and he's looking for revenge. Not only revenge on him, revenge for Trent because Trent got hit Mm. with the hammer on Battle of the Belts that no one watched. (laughs) Thankfully, the commentators are there to explain all of this. And he was teasing and teasing and Remsburg is pleading with him not to do it. He's like, no, I'll have to DQ. This is not the way. And so he's like, oh, and he doesn't give in to hate and he hands the hammer over. Instant roll up by Pack for a great, great near fall. Then we get the two orange punches, and Pack wins his 68th win. Couldn't have just waited one more match. Well, the the first title defense will be the 69th, but it's also his first nice his first singles title in AEW. His first title mm. in AEW, which is amazing considering how many of them are. Well, that that's what we're going to get onto. Now. So it's his first title win. And they've made a real big deal out of this. Big orange confetti came down. The nice best touch. friends got in the ring. Danhausen got in the ring. They gave the people what they want with the big hug at the end. And it was, you know, supposed to be put over this really big deal. This is like the, I think I saw on Twitter, the ninth attempt that, uh, that Orange Cassidy has had for a title mm. in AEW. It's the first time he's finally succeeded. It's a shame then that it's for a belt that's very, it's the, you know, the <laughs> European championship of, of AEW. Yeah, to AEW's credit, they this was such a good match. They played up the, the final moment so well. You do forget that this belt is, you know, unfortunately, I find utterly meaningless. Um, maybe the person will make the belt, but also Pac is a hell of a wrestler. It's not... The, you're up against a very stacked show. You won't have enough time 
to put the title on the shows that much, have those matches to really differentiate this. Because the All Elite, All Atlantic Championship was introduced at Forbidden, Forbidden Door. Door. That was where he was crowned champion. The end of the four-way, that's where Pac had it. And really, he's you know had these several Hammer story matches recently, but ultimately... Nothing much has been done. There's been no real story, I would say, overarching this. No. no no real effort made to make this. Oh, it's the hot new title. How is it different to the TNT title? Well, it's for just this other group of people we don't currently know what to do with. Yeah, it's like I think the the Hammer storyline, Hammer Time, has had a good like, you know, two, three weeks worth of build, four weeks worth of build, because it goes back to sort of Grand Slam and stuff. So that I think is a nice little neat storyline. It's also the first time that this All Atlantic Championship has had a storyline for it. Because I don't think the Kip Sabian one you could argue has had was a real story. Kip just mm. attacked Pac and then then they had the match all out and we haven't really seen Kip since. So that didn't really it's not really companies Penelope Ford out. That's sometimes. true, yeah, but we didn't really get much of anything yeah. out of that. But like, the, I think the All Atlantic Championships problem is that it was debuted on a show which already had a lot of belts on it, belts being defended, this, that, and the other, and it was also at the same time that the Ring of Honor Championships all came in, and then just a handful of weeks later, they introduced the trios titles as well. So all of a sudden, it's just like, wow, there's. There's a lot of belts here, mm. and this belt just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. It really is like kind of a worse version of the invasion. Yeah, that's that's my first thought to compare it to. When WWF bought WCW and they brought in not even <laughs> all of their titles, they just brought in the WCW Tag Team Championships, the World Championship, and the US Championship. But coupled with their hardcore championship, their intercontinental championship, their European championship, their tag team championship, and their WWF championship, all of a sudden it's just like there's just belts everywhere. Now, granted, I think the WWF did a worse job of booking all of those because they just hot potatoed all mm. of those titles around to everyone. So title changes meant nothing, title reigns meant nothing, and people just had them as these props that just flitted between both brands. So at least people are holding on to the belts that they've got. You always bring up the Mick Foley promo line. Yes. Uh, about this. Yeah, well, Mick Foley cut a promo on Raw. When Mick Foley was like really disgruntled about working there and he didn't want to be yeah. there, he basically quit live on television. He was like, if you don't have a belt at the moment, you're an, you're an absolute loser. Yeah. And like, and it kind of feels like that. Like every single person on this show, more or less, had a belt. Mm. And if everyone has belts, then belts don't have the importance that they should do. The, the segment that it really stood out to me when I was watching it was the... The the ROH dump segment. The ROH and AEW mid-card dump segment. And I you know, I say this with no disrespect to the people involved. It's just there is no real direction for people like Wardlow, people like Samoa Joe. I'm also just gonna quickly note here because someone's just corrected me. They did also have the cruiserweight and the light heavyweight championships <laughs> yeah. there as well, it's just those weren't really featured on TV or pay-per-view that much. So you you had this segment where you've got Ward Joe. TNT champion and ROH TV champion squashing QT Marshall and Nick Comoroto. Okay, that's fine. But then out come uh, the Embassy, who are kind of feuding with them. But uh, it feels like an ROH thing. I can't. You know, it feels like someone else's feud here or someone else's story. And then FTR come out, and of course they have so many championships. They're AAA, IWGP, and Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. And you know what? They are one of the few acts in AEW where I'm like, that's okay. You look awesome. 
and I hope you eventually get a shot at the AEW Tag Team titles too, to hold all the gold. But having them all there together in like the second half hour segment, you know, not like the big main event segment, I'm like, this this is undermining, it's, it's, it's lessening the effect of championship belts. It's... So one of the really cool visuals we had during the pandemic era was belt collector Kenny, mm. who had the AEW World Championship, the Impact World Championship, and the AAA Mega Championship. And he used to have all of these belts. He would carry all these belts around with him, and he looked awesome holding these belts. And you're right, FTR have got that same thing, because they've got three champ they've got three championship, three companies, tag team championships, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and AAA. They should get a tag team title shot. Well, yeah, but they're not as over as the acclaimed. So they come out and they look like really awesome having it. And I also really liked Hikaru Shida coming out with her uh, championships that she's got as well from other promotions. Because it makes AEW feel like this Avengers world where all the mm. best wrestlers from all over the world are coming together to face off again. So it's the top stars from everywhere. And like, the, our, our guys are so good. They're winning titles in other promotions. That stuff is all rad. The ones that feel lesser than that are things like the All Atlantic Championship and then just a lot of the Ring of Honor Championships. And like because they're just props that are on TV and aren't really because Ring of Honor is this sort of like nebulous thing that doesn't really exist at the moment. And for me, those are the ones that are watering down the product. Those mm -hmm. are the ones that are hurt. And when I say the product, I mean title belts at yeah. all. Those are the only ones I really take issue with. FTR, having the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships is great if Ring of Honor is a thing. But them having the idea of GP and the AAA, that's all rad stuff. I don't, I love that. I love Hikaru Shida having all of her belts as well. I love Kenny having all of his belts. But when you've just got belts upon belts upon belts upon belts, and these Ring of Honor ones kind of like just being there as well, it lessens the impact that the, mm. the FTR visual has. Yeah. It lessens the impact that the Hikaru Shida visual has it kind of in a way lessens what kenny was doing a couple of years ago and that's where i i don't think it's like a a game ending thing for aew like it's I, at the end of this episode i didn't think man the problem with that show is there's too many belts mm. i did no my, my <laughs> thought my thought at the end of that show was like that was an awesome episode of dynamite yeah. i really really had a great time watching that but when you kind of take a step back and you relook at it, you're like man god there are a lot of belts and then it means that I'm actually not that asked about mm. a lot of them. And that is a, I think that's a bigger problem. I think, yeah, I think the belts themselves are an issue, obviously. I think it's detracting from my own personal enjoyment of getting into things. But I think it's a symptom. The, the, having to, if you fix the too many belts thing, that isn't the main issue here. The main issue in AEW, and it has been, in my opinion, since Tony announced that he bought Ring of Honor, is focus. And it might be focus on championships. It might be focus on promotions. It might be focus on wrestlers. And what we've seen over the last year is Tony just add and add and add and add. And there is no way now that you can have it all. And I, we've all seen the things. It's it's buckling the promotion. Maybe you don't necessarily see it on. Well, look, look at all the fights. I'm not saying it's ending. But you've got too much crammed into this company and it's having an on-screen effect, I believe. But you can debate that. But I don't think you can debate the backstage issues that are occurring over the last two months. I think you've had some bad apples spoil the pot, yeah. Because just so many people have been added and that situation I don't think has been I, I don't think it's an because uh, they've added too many people in. 
I think you've added people in with bad egos. Maybe. And and they are the ones that have, have caused some ruckus backstage. But then you, I think you'd still eventually, like to use Brian Cage as an example, last year he was disgruntled because he wasn't getting TV time because the roster was too large. I think even if you didn't have actively bad apples, you would get these issues because your roster had become too large. Oh, yeah, but I think those are two separate things. I think you'll have disgruntlement for sure because people aren't getting TV time, and that is a system of adding too many people in. But I don't think the backstage fights are because you've added too many people in. Well, Andrade is actively annoyed at his direction. Malachi Black, I know you can't really talk about him, but he did say he was creatively frustrated. Yeah, but I, those, like Andrade having a fight with Sammy is not because too many people had come in. Like they, they, we talked about this on Content Club last week. There's someone who reports on um, Lucha Libre who said like this was always going to happen because this mm. happens with Andrade wherever he goes. <laughs> Every time Andrade is in a company, he's if he's not the top guy, mm. he thinks that the place is isn't the right place for him because he had all the same frustrations that he's got in AEW the exact same frustrations he had in WWE and the guy was like if he goes to WWE he's going to have all the exact same frustrations again so I, I but so that's for me is not there's too many people here Malico Black 100% Brian Cage being creatively frustrated is because there's too many people on mm. the show where's Miro yeah yeah good point you know there are know, is, he, is he injured is I, he active right now I mean we was all out yeah, he's just sort of one of those guys that you're like, man, he was so over. Mm. And then, but I, I think we are looking at a company as well, and we've seen this since the company started. They cycle talent in and out, so talent might just be gone for three months, then come back, and they feel brand new and refreshed. But it just means we're in a period of time then when the feature talent are the ass boys and the factory, mm. and a lot of like lower level guys and a lot of Ring of Honor guys that you know the embassy. No, no disrespect to them, but they just feel like dark elevation guys yeah do you remember when tony khan kept saying in the week before all out we're gonna be full strength <laughs> after all out we're gonna be full strength and i was looking yeah. forward to it but unfortunately that didn't happen When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, let's jump into the chats for the roast. Um, <laughs> if you want to get your thoughts in, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars. Uh, on too many belts, Charles Berg says, AW World title, TNT title, TBS title, AW Women's title, tag team title, trios title, North Atlantic. I think it means all Atlantic title. He does mean. Uh, FTW title. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. ROH pure title. ROH tag title. ROH main title. That's 11 belts. That means each title holder has approximately seven minutes for each show. Jam that jam. And it is when you sort of list it out like that and visually very uh, effectively in the WrestleTalk News uh, video that you did earlier, mm. it is a, it's like, that's too many. It's too many belts. And this company used to just have three belts. It used to have an AEW World Championship, a Tag Team Championship, and a Women's Championship. Then they introduced the TNT Championship, and he was like, okay. I think that's good, though. And I think that's good. And I'd actually argue the TBS Championship as well. You've got five main titles there. Every single person on this show now has something that they can work towards and build towards. And that is more or less all you needed. I would possibly make the argument for the trios titles because I like trios mm, matches. Mm. But and the me, tag division so stacked. Exactly. But for me, that is it, which is weird because it doesn't feel stacked at the moment. Mm. But that for me is it. And that is where I would stop unless it is titles from other companies. But really, you should just be defending those in other companies and, and displaying them on your TV show mm-hmm. because it just makes you look like you're a badass that's gone to another company and won their belts. And then that means you could just focus on your titles and your titles alone. Yeah. Uh, Matt Carney, garden metaphor. Whilst WWE can be precise and soulless, much like an immaculately kept lawn, AEW can be too free and natural. Everything has a tendency of overgrowing, bloated roster, and now wild multiple belts. Preen, Mr. Khan. You must preen. That is a good metaphor, yeah. Matt Carney. But there is also a happy medium. In oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I bring this up a lot because I think it is one of the dumbest things the man has ever said. But when people were complaining about the women's title not getting enough focus on uh, AEW TV leading up to one of the pay-per-views, Cody Rhodes was just like, was like well, not every feud can be war and peace. It's like, I'm not asking for war and peace with every feud, Cody. There's a happy medium between the, the longest book ever written and one week of build. A 1,400-page Russian epic. <laughs> and and a secondary women's title exactly and, and a pamphlet <laughs> there are, there is a happy medium between the two uh Kark hardyman member for 14 months i was at the show last night i agree with the problem of too many but the event was great well toronto fantastic crowd really was uh riot dr hey yo check the files and orange cassidy is from a state that borders the atlantic ocean does all atlantic embody an entire country or only specific coasts it's a bit vague a gorgeous belt though one of the 15 beautiful belts featured it is a nice looking belt mm. i always said like do something to differentiate it because i'm, I'm not actually opposed to more 
divisions. I like how it's been defended on independent shows. I love, love, love 10-minute time limit matches. Uh, st I think Stardom have one. NGW used to have one. Or well, they might still do, actually. So I, that's just like these speed matches built for people like Pac mm. and Ray Phoenix. Yeah. Kind of like it's an X Division title. It's a light heavyweight title without the stigma of light heavyweight. Uh, right, TR again. Nyla Rose swiped the TBS championship belt and came to work the next Dynamite. Is this the only time Jay Cargill's name is mentioned backstage and she doesn't <laughs> pop into frame? Unless this is leading to a beast and the baddies mega faction, I have questions. I mean, it's not a mega faction. Jay Cargill will get her belt back. Nyla Rose has stolen it and is proclaiming herself to be the TBS mm. champion, even though she's not. It was actually one of the best promos of the night. Yeah, well, Nyla Rose is so, like, she's you amazing. see her on Twitter and she's so funny and she's so quick-witted. It's nice that she can lean into that more on TV. It's so good. It is, every time I see her, it's like, why are you there, Vicky? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you as well, Marina Shafir. Yeah. Was that Marina Shafir? Yeah, they're a tag team. Forgot about that. Ket, AW should do a brand split of their own. No. Give Rampage an extra hour. No, and a better time no. Slot. Split the AW titles no. and talent evenly between Rampage and Dynamite, no. giving wrestlers more time and stories no. to get over. No. It gives the company more. It, it, uh, that is not the answer. It's, a, it's, a, it's, just, it's not the answer. Well, you will have it to some extent if you get a Ring of Honor. Yes. I don't see that as a brand split, though. That's a different show, then. Mm. I guess it depends how they do it. FIFA Connor 16. I completely agree AEW does have too many belts on the show and it does undermine them. Don't know how they fixed that issue, to be honest. Ring of Honor gets a TV show and all the Ring of Honor titles go to Ring of Honor. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Zagueus. I'm sorry, but it feels like every single, ever since Forbidden Door, Ollie has just been nitpicking stupid stuff because they didn't book it how he personally wanted it. Too many belts? You really have to go out of your way to be distracted by that. Um... I don't, I'd, obviously, I disagree because that's how I feel. I do, but I have said quite openly. I think the product has significantly declined since Forbidden Door. You WWE, <laughs> uh, and before, the, and that was before Triple H. Just before I jumped ship to WWE, <laughs> uh, and I, I've been saying it actually since just before Double or Nothing. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's just a, it's just another symptom of the same issue, issue which is a lack of focus. I, I think we are going to see a very interesting thing in, in this comment section for the video. Uh, and and I, I haven't quite had a look, but I imagine we'll get some of this in the live chat as well, is that you are going to be called uh, with your anti-AEW bias and your pro-WWE mm. bias because you have this issue. And I'm going to be called out for my pro-AEW bias <laughs> and my anti-WWE bias because I thought this was an excellent episode of Dynamite. Um, J.O. Feller, Menberg for eight months. I think a wrestling promotion only needs at least four or five titles per gender. World title uh, for men and women, two mid-card titles and tag titles, that's it. Yeah, this, it's, I, I will stop there. Two mid-card titles is when I start to get bogged down because you're looking at two mid-card titles per mm. gender there. And that's then, that's, I think that's too many, like, too yeah. many titles already. Like, I wouldn't say four to five per gender. I think that, that's 10 titles on your show. That's too many. Yeah, we'll get into the rest of your chats after the play-by-play, -play, but please do keep getting them in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Um, right, this episode came from Toronto, and they immediately unveiled the latest addition to the broadcast team, 
It's a Canadian. It's Renee Paquette. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to clarify, she is Canadian, isn't she? I hope so. That's what I've been saying all today. I'm yeah, pretty sure Pretty she sure is. she's Canadian. Yeah. yeah. She's, well, she's really nice. So I would presume that she exactly. is Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do have a new mic stand to stand in the back and not really be part of interview segments. I really like Renee. I think Renee is a fabulous personality. I think that she was badly produced on her commentary stint that she had yeah, in yeah. WWE. I was actually kind of hoping she'd get a shot on the commentary booth because I think that would break up. I really like Shivani, Excalibur, and Taz. That's my favorite trio yeah. within AEW. But uh, yeah, I, I would, wouldn't mind giving Renee a shot on commentary without being so poorly produced. I think Renee's strength, unless she wants to try commentary again, she is so good at interviews. Like Jeremy Borash was never really on commentary that much in the glory days of TNA, but interviews, ring announcing, killed it. So I think less is more in, in cases like this. I didn't think, you know, she didn't really stand out here because it was just Christian Cage, ask two questions, disappear. But later on in that uh, Nyla Rose segment, she was, that was like, that's the Renee I remember from the glory days mm-hmm. of like doing the fist bump with the shield and going, ooh. <laughs> Loved the, talk, it. the talking smack glory days yeah, with Daniel yeah, yeah. Bryan. When she has an interview segment with John Moxley, I don't know how you do that, but I can't wait. I can't actually think of a time when John Moxley just did a backstage interview because he's like just talking directly to the camera. He talks. He does a lot of in-ring promos. Yeah, but yeah, that's for Tony Schiavone. Mm. Um, but Christian Cage came out. Uh, of course, he was cheered, but he got people to boo him. Can't actually remember what he said. Oh, it was probably something about uh, your local sports team. Mm. And this was to set up... The Maple Jays. <laughs> this was to set up Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy. I really like this match. Great match. Mm. My first note here was, Ollie was worried about Jungle Boy being booed in Canada because of Christian Cage. But this crowd was yeah. super hot for Jack Perry because the second you hear that theme song, oh, 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 oh. everyone was just on their feet, really super into it. And they really are now leaning into, he is Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Mm. That to me says we are on a route towards the top for that, lads. Oh, you reckon? 100%. Oh, jungle Man. Yeah, well, that's it, because Jungle Boy makes it, Jungle Boy sounds like a mid-card thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Perry sounds like a main event guy. But what about the Nature Boy? Yeah, but it's a nickname. Like, Jungle Boy is the nickname for it. Oh, like, I see. No one ever no, no, looked at Ric Flair and was like, there's the, nat- like, the Nature Boy is doing this move, the Nature Boy is this. No, no, his, his name's not the Nature yeah. Boy. His name is Ric Flair. I see. Buddy uh, Rogers. I loved Luchasaurus in this match. I know you're saying... Jack Perry. And I, I love I love Jungle Boy. He is missing a little bit of something for me currently. I'm sure, you know, he's still young. Uh, I don't really know what it is. Maybe it's a promo intensity. But Luchasaurus is kind of already at that cane-like state now. Now he's a heel, especially with Christian as his manager, where I'm like, start building him hard. In two months' time, winter is coming. Have him win the TNT title from Wardlow. Or maybe not win, maybe that's too much, but have a big feud with Wardlow. Yeah, big beefy boy mm. feud. That'd be really, really tasty, actually. Particularly when you had this moment, they set up a table. Luchasaurus sets up a table, and they do a lot of back and forth about, whoop, nearly, 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 nearly. And then Jungle Boy does this clean and crisp sunset flip yeah. powerbomb over the top rope to the floor through the table. It was so wonderfully done. Brilliantly done. You could try this question. I was like, did you? 
And then he, well, that Christian was shouting that Chris, on commentary, and, then, and he said, "I was like, I mean, your man introduced the table." Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, "I mean, I, I don't think that's how it works." Referee's discretion. Referee's discretion. I guess we're. I'll guess we'll allow it. Um, but I just, I thought. So then he rolls him back into the ring, and he's like, you know, he looks up the ramp towards Christian. We like doing the Christian pose, and in the background, Luchasaurus does the Kane Undertaker sit up. No selling the powerbomb spot through a table effectively. Really, really cool. That was the moment Luchasaurus went from here to here for me. And I, 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 I'm surprised they didn't get a bigger pop. Like the, the Toronto crowd, who were fantastic all night, were just like, oh, yeah, cool. Maybe they didn't see it, but I thought that was an awesome angle moment. Uh, but the bit that stay, sticks out in my mind, Jungle Boy running into the corner to do a running drop kick. Somehow Luchasaurus springboards on his own hands and head scissor takedowns Jungle Boy. I'm like, this, that, is an, that is incredible. And looking back, maybe Luchasaurus was always my favorite guy in <laughs> Jurassic Express. I was like, do more kicks. I mean, in fairness, do you remember when we first watched Double or Nothing? We did the live reactions. And that was Lucha, that was the first time you saw Luchasaurus. In, and that's all you could talk about from that battle royal. Mm. It was like, that Luchasaurus guy is awesome. I think, I think we've been looking at the wrong guy, everybody. <laughs> I love Jungle Boy. He's it's, great. Once again, Tony's lack of focus. He's looking at the wrong guy here. Well, no, I think... Uh, so here, surprisingly, because I, I thought this was all set up for a Jungle Boy win to then have a match with Christian down the line. But Luchasaurus won. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. I don't know what you do with Jungle Boy now, but I really, really hope Luchasaurus can now move away from this Jungle Boy feud, come back to it when Christian's ready, and yeah... I think you've got something in him. That is what I, yeah, separate these two out for a while. So what I was saying on um, the Raw podcast with, with Professor Dan Layton, like my issue I've got with Bailey and Belair is that, yeah, I want to see them fight again, but not right now because yeah. Bailey's just lost effectively a three-on-one handicap match. Mm. The better thing to do is actually keep them apart and then bring them back together. And I think you can do that with, with Jack Perry and Luchasaurus and Christian Cage until Christian is better again. Uh, the Firm has purchased private parties contracts from the AFHO. Uh, Matt Hard is upset about that. So Ethan Page says, well, I'll have a match with you. And if I win, we get your contract, Matt Hardy, too. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's going to be uh, Ethan Page versus Isaiah Cassidy on Rampage. Uh, and if private party, well, if, if Cassidy wins, they'll get out of their contracts with the AFO. But if Ethan Page wins, the <laughs> firm because the oh yeah no it's not the AFO because the firm own the contracts mm. now the firm also get Matt Hardy's contract and <laughs> I don't particularly care about a lot of this what was Andrade well he's, he's at home he's... Jose was there and he's like yeah he owns the contracts he sold well yeah you know what's that's, happened that's, that's why he's the assistant isn't he like you know maybe he'll go to, to Roosh next time to, to deal with it yeah I whatever I, I don't <laughs> care <about this. laughs> whatever We've already spoken about the War Joe Marshall Camarado match uh, with the title stuff. The bit to add on is afterwards the embassy come down. I do like the embassy, uh, and FTR then come down to even the odds, but they're not totally even. They need a tenth man, and this lined up so perfectly. You want a tenth man? You're in Canada, and you've got FTR and Wardlow, former Pinnacle members in the ring. It's Sean Spears. Yeah. What time does Rampage start? It starts at 10. I thought it was a, it was a really, really lovely way to, to set mm -hmm. this up. And Sean Spears returns to AEW. Hasn't been seen in a while. 
under his perfect 10 gimmick, his old NXT gimmick. Ty Dillinger. Yeah, exactly. And I thought it was a, a very, very cool thing. Also, I actually loved the Warjo factory squash. Yeah, yeah it was well it was done. Awesome. And I've got one big complaint about this. And actually, I always think this is the worst thing on the show. Because Samoa Joe did the walk away spot. And the camera missed it because <laughs> it was focused on Nick Comoroto selling on the outside. What, the flip and then they're just walking away? Yeah, oh, no, so walking away from a dive off the top. Yeah, when someone yeah, does yeah. a dive off the top rope and Samoa Joe just walks away from it because he's the coolest dude in the it's world. mean swagger. And the camera missed it. Mm. Crowd, I was like, well, at least the cra live crowd got to enjoy that because I sure didn't. Kevin Dunsway doesn't. <laughs> uh, but they, even the... Uh, teams. I think it's FDR, Sean Spears versus yeah, it's a six Gates match. of Agony it's, it's and Brian Cage. It's a trios match, yeah. Um, yeah, so I like how Spears and Wardlow in this interaction, you know, they were, they were a bit uneasy with each other because last time we saw them together, they weren't on great terms. Mm. But yeah, this is the first time we've seen Sean since, since Double or Nothing and with the whole MJF yeah, stuff. Yeah, before that, yeah, yeah, when Punk was beating him. Um, Jericho and 2.0 had a backstage promo. Uh, then we got Swerve Strickland versus Daddy Ass. This was so good. Yeah. <laughs> so when uh, FTR came out and they got this incredible ovation, I just thought to myself, why aren't you the AEW Tag Team mm. Champions? And then the acclaim came out. I was like, oh, that's why. It's yeah. because you're well the most over uh, tag team in this company. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense now. I, I wish you were in more high profile feuds, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Max Caster's rap was and had one great line about Trudeau. Oh, about the sports uh, team. Yeah, 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 yeah the yeah, sports yeah. team one. He's like, just when I think, how is the he? Blue leaves. Are they going to start like losing their edge now? They're the babyface champions, and the stuff he comes out with. I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's excellent. It's excellent. And um, does everybody like? You know, everybody loves the acclaimed. I remember a uh -huh. couple of months ago, we were like, well, we love the acclaimed, but some people. Like, didn't Stephen Larson not like them? Do they like them now? No, I think everyone pretty much liked the acclaims. There, there, there were some people pe didn't like the edge lord humor. Yeah, a lot of people didn't get on board with some of the 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 real like raciest stuff that Max Caster was doing. I would say he's still doing that stuff. Yeah, I don't think you can get more racy than these Trudeau lights. Yeah, but it's not knocking women, so like I think it's fine this time. Okay, <laughs> I think that's what people took more issue with was sort of like negging on women or negging like doing some you know uh, uh, effectively homophobic uh, mm. type of things that's the sort of thing people took more issue with max caster but now everybody loves the acclaimed. everyone loves the acclaimed uh yeah an acclaimed entrance is probably one of the best things in wrestling right now daddy ass you know you know he's the oldest member of dx yeah that makes sense because he was the one apart from waltman i guess like he was there during like the real like the bad years but like he's is he older than Shawn Michaels? You know what? He can't be older than Michael. I have surely. just I've just read this and not fact checked it. Right, okay. I'm gonna grab my laptop. Hold on. Billy Gunn age. He looks incredible. Billy, Billy Gunn is 58. Yeah, Sean Shawn Michaels is like 57. No way! Isn't that That's no mad? No way, that seems wrong. And it's a hundred percent natural. That seems so wrong. Because Sean, so Sean looks 103. Undertaker's like 50. Isn't Undertaker 58? They're not the same age, are they? That's what blows my mind. Jericho's 51. Yeah. That's not a, a million miles away. He's, Billy Gunn is older than The Undertaker. 
No. <laughs> is he older than Ric Flair? No. <laughs> Ric Flair's actually a very hard 44. <laughs> And this was exactly what it needed to be. Daddy Ass uh, did all the nostalgia bits. Swerve Strickland mostly out-wrestled him, but he still, because he's a heel, took the heel win and held the ropes. Boo! But it's so fun because the only reason in Swerve's mind that the acclaimed are the tag champs is because they cheated. Mm. Turnabout is fair play and all that. Swerve Strickland also cheated to win. I thought this was a, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I am blown away by that Billy Gunn fact. Yeah. Um, Mark Sterling then came out afterwards and said he has trademarked the scissoring stuff. So the acclaimed and daddy ass can't do the scissoring pose at the end because he'd sue them. So they don't. And then he scissored daddy niece. And it's tough because I, I really like Sterling and I think this is good material. I just don't want it. It's because it's Tony Nese and Josh Woods and mm. they are you know, a real low-level tag team. So it doesn't feel like they should be contenders. Above them, above or below Gates of Agony. You know, that's the... Oh, hmm. Are they below Gates of Agony? Again, no disrespect to Gates of Agony, but you have not been built up enough to main event Battle I, I, of the Belts. I feel like they are above Gates of Agony, if <laughs> only because Mark Sterling is above Prince Nana. Yep. Yeah. So that that sort of like automatically like puts them, you know, one step. But mm -hmm. they probably are the the next tag team up from oh maybe the Ass Boys. The Ass Boys are getting far more serious treatment. Yeah, maybe yeah, but yeah, maybe the Ass Boys are above Neeson Woods. Yeah, I, I also is there a reason Keith Lee's not around? He's not been around the last couple of weeks. He was on he? TV two weeks ago. Yeah. In the backstage segment. Yeah. yeah. Just Hey, no time off. <laughs> not every not every wrestler goes to every show. Yeah, but he he's in the tag team title feud yeah but he's not needed for this not needed for this week's storyline so not there i feel one of the more important parts of the storyline is his friction with swerve well maybe that will play into next week's episode okay if, if keith lee is there yeah My I, just, I just feel like it's a it's shame because i really love the acclaimed but i don't feel they're getting the level of storyline they should that's, be getting that's exactly it because they're feuding with neeson woods mm -hmm. um my favorite part of this, though, is when Sterling comes out with his legal documents and Tony says, from the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. Boo! And it was only until halfway through the next segment that my boy went, oh, they're in Canada. That line makes way more sense mm. now. I wonder why people were booing America. Uh, well, that leads quite nicely into what happened next, because backstage with Alex Marvez was MJF and... If you've been watching MJF in wrestling, you would expect every single cheap shot at Canada there is. He didn't do any of that. Nope. He got no cheap hometown heat. And he was backstage, but he, even in the past, he's done that from backstage. Everything he did here was tweener to babyface. It was awesome. Um Stokely Hathaway came in and started to answer for him. MJF just dressed him down and said, you shouldn't have interfered without me asking you to last week. And Stokely walked away with one of those facial expressions like, oh, I'm going to screw you up, boy. Yeah. Which would be far more threatening if he had a better faction. He's got W. Morrissey <laughs> and the Ass Boys. The firm are going to cost MJF that title, aren't they? Ugh. And then Max just went on this promo about William Regal saying they share a dark past. Oh, what's that? That's very intriguing. I think we'll find out in the next couple of weeks. 
And then he talked about how he has to be the bad guy. He doesn't like being the bad guy, though. He wakes up and he hates himself when he sees himself in the mirror. He's broken mirrors because of that. But he believes to get ahead, that's what he has to be. And it's a it's not like I'm a good guy now, but it is a recognition an almost apology, as much of an apology as you're going to get from a character like Max, of the bad things he's done and the ways he's acted, which makes you feel a bit more compassion for him. It's a very curious thing they're doing. It's for me as well. It's a um, it's a bit of character progression and development following on from the punk feud because a lot of that punk yeah. feud was I wake up in the morning and I ask myself, am I the bad guy? And that's you know what MJF's promo here was like. I look at myself in the mirror and I tell myself that I'm the bad guy. That is a fascinating detail. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. That's what happened to that guy. Oh, um, punk. Yeah. Well, he had a dog, and then the dog bit someone. Wow. And then I think, I can't remember, I, I, there was, I mean, it's a bit murky around there, but I think something did happen. Sidebar. I know there's legal stuff. I know no one can say anything. <laughs> no, Sorry. answer me the question, Tony. <laughs> talk about the legal things you legally cannot talk about. Why wouldn't you answer my question, Tony? But, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm no legal expert, but really, the four top stars of the company who all had championships have suddenly disappeared. Got to Hagman Page as well. I think you probably should say something. He did. He stripped them of the titles. That, but that that was never. It just said, "Oh, we're having new champions." Yeah, I Le don't think that's well, enough. Legally, you can't say anything else. Like, I think you can. Well, it, I well, you get there was a backstage altercation. What if that has ramifications later on in a in a legal battle? I think you can just... Like, well, the, no, the smartest thing to do here is to just not mention it on anything in case it does go to court and some prick lawyer picks it out and being like, and this is our smoking gun bit of evidence to say that you were doing whatever it is we're trying to sue you for. But I don't think Stay there's anything quiet. wrong in saying you've suspended people for an investigation. Staying quiet. I think it's actually, for me, it's the smartest thing to do. Smartest man in the room. Don't say anything. Because everything is legally binding. I just feel like it's it's just such a shame because there's just no... I'm not saying give transparency. I'm just saying have a bit more of a dialogue with the fan base. I don't think you need to. I think it's a big... No, imagine I, if you okay. didn't... Imagine if you never watch YouTube, you never on Twitter, you just sit at home, not all the time, but you just... One of those fans, hard day at work, come in, I'm going to watch Dynamite. Where, what the what the hell has happened? I mean, in fact, wrestlers disappear all the time. Like, they, do not you, at do, this do, level. Do I do agree. There are like WWE fans. Level. They're just like, where did those 180 people go? <laughs> like, sometimes people just stop appearing on TV. Yeah. Like, if you're not reading up on the sheets and everything. And I would say you're right if you were getting nothing but CM Punk chants in the in the audience. Like, if everyone was hijacking shows with CM Punk chants or Omega chants or Young Bucks chants, but they're not. Or Hangman Page is talking about This them crowd the has moved on. Until they come back. Mm. Uh, but yeah, MJF face turn. I mean, that was the title of last week's podcast. Was. I didn't, th I said in last week's <laughs> Sorry. episode. Ollie, is it an Ariel Helwani shill? <laughs> <laughs> just answer the question, Tony. See, where's Mordecai? No one was asking that when he just disappeared. Where's Luther? 
Where yeah, are where? the Nightmare Collective? Exactly what happened to them. If you didn't listen to the Wrestling Observer when Brandy Rhodes said, we're not doing that story alone because you told us it sucked, so we're not doing it anymore. I do you think there's a difference? <laughs> um, MJF here. I didn't think they'd address that. I thought it was just like a, a seed planted. We'll come back to it in a month's time. Yep. Um, but yeah, right out, like immediate follow-up after a lot of people have been pushing for MJF to go face. So do you think backstage they're like, okay, well, let, let's do this. I think it's a, it creates a very interesting change of a story for next year because this whole deal is about mm. the contract war of 2024, yeah. about his contract ends there. He's going to be negotiating with WWE. That's quite a heelish thing to do if AEW is your babyface company. How do you then portray him as the babyface that's going to leave? It's a fascinating little thing, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. Like, if there's one, you know, one thing you can say Tony's lacking focus in areas, this is where he feels he is focused. This is where he know he knows exactly where he is heading with this storyline. And if Tony knows exactly where he's heading with the storyline, it usually works out really well. All the Hangman Page stuff worked out great because of that. So, and I mean, it didn't follow up from that because he didn't plan for what was coming next. But this is one of those times where you're like, he has got an end goal in mind, and I'm, I'm going to enjoy this ride. I do not know how these storylines are worked out, but I've always suspected the Hangman Page stuff is Hangman driven, and he runs it by Tony. And I, I because just it's so consistent with MJF storylines, I feel like he is the auteur driving this stuff. Yeah. So well, I don't think well, it's a Tony well, vision. Well, I think it's a well, Max when vision. I, when I mean that, it's working with the promoter, right? To right. but you know, get things signed off. Where we could do this, we could do this, and you know, we've got to promote this thing here. Because you guys, as a wrestler, you could be like, Here's my story, and as a promoter, you're like, Okay, well, here are the big shows that we're going to do. Let's work it around these mm. big shows. Andrade comes in, Here's my story. <laughs> I win all the belts, yeah. There's 15 of them. How about I win all of them? <laughs> I, it, yeah, because I feel like Max was a heel to play off Punk as a baby face, but now Punk is, you know, no one knows what's going on. Uh, maybe they're like, well, crap, let's just make Max the top baby face in the company. I mean, producer Rich made a point earlier that one of the things that AEW is kind of lacking is top heels. Yeah, it's Jericho. It's Jericho, really, and, and his cronies. Mm. So uh, if you're going to take your other top heel and turn him baby face, that's, that leaves another huge void there on the mm. heel side. Well, we'll, we'll see. Oh, sorry, uh, so, I... sorry, the embassy. Cool. <laughs> Uh, we'll see with that because I, yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. I can't quite get my head around it. I'm definitely excited yeah, because yeah. it's Max, but I really don't know what they do. There's so many options, and I don't know which one's optimal. I mean, speaking of like promos that get you excited about something, I was excited for next week's match anyway because it's Moxley versus Page. But I'm like, yeah, but Moxley retains Cincinnati. That that's a fine thing. Sucks for Hangman Page because I'm a big Page Mark, and I was like, yeah, that's a bit of a shame. This promo that page cut was one of those ones where you're like, I oh, know I have to see this match mm -hmm. next week. Like I've got to watch it because it's my job and I've watched it because I, I enjoy the product. But this is one of those promos like I have to mm -hmm. tune in next week and watch that show. Same with, you know, the, the first blood and guts match. I was like, yeah, it's cool. It's a match stipulation. But then they hit that in ring promo saying, where I was like, damn, that makes yeah. me want to see the match. This promo from page. I honestly thought that MJF couldn't be touched when he did his promo. I was like, that's promo of the show right there. And then Page just comes out here and absolutely knocks it out of the park with probably the best promo he's ever done in his entire career. Mm. Yeah, I really liked it. I, I didn't like it as much as you did. Uh, this is the segment that comes right after. We'll start to hammer through these because we've, mm -hmm. we've gone on a few tangents. Uh, 
Mox is out there dressed as Raven. <laughs> oh, that's why I thought this segment was great. <laughs> uh, Paige comes out and he says that he respects Mox, but he didn't like that he called him a kid. And then, yeah, he cut uh, the content of the promo. I thought was fantastic that he he is depressed. He's not the same person he was last year because and one of the great things about Hangman's character arc is you don't there's not a, an easy fix. Baham, you're a happy person now. Depression is something he always wrestles with. And he said the medicine isn't working, but he keeps coming back to work, even though his friends have disappeared. The other thing cuts to Max at that point. Because Max was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, he's the, because the story was about Mox saying, you haven't got what it takes to beat me. And Hangman said, look, I, I do. And then he hit himself in the head so hard it came up in a big red pump. He actually cut himself open. Did he? He cut himself because he took some of the blood and wiped it on Mox's white uh, shirt. Um, so clearly, I think he intended to try and cut himself open in yeah, all of that. Gosh. But it, it was about being a man. And like, you've got to, you know, you call me a kid, but I'm a man. And I want to fight you man to man. Mm. And like, I'm a man, I'm a father, I'm a husband. I just thought it was, it was so real and so genuine and it felt so personal to him. And we kind of needed it from Hangman. But it, it also pays off on a lot of the things you were just saying then. He's failed a lot. Like, mm. since he's won, like, lost the title of May, which he brought brought up here, it's probably the only allusion to punk on this show outside of the MJF stuff, He's fought, he hasn't been the hangman he was last year. He, going for the trio's titles, lost that. And all the Dark Order, his friends are now disappearing one by one. You know, Stu Grayson being one of those people. And, and, now, and Alan Angel's, like, is also gone from the Dark Order. And now he's talking about, like, and then... My other friends, my old friends have disappeared. I've got no one. I've got mm. nothing now. So I have to win. I have to beat you next week. I have to prove <laughs> to you and I want to fight you man to man. I, I just thought it was a, tr- I thought it was a, a tremendous promo. Slightly marred by the fact that MJF was in the crowd. So the crowd just trying to frame <laughs> yeah. God dang it, Canada. Like that man poured his heart and soul into that promo. Yeah. Don't turn around and cheer for him. He did nothing in this segment. If you had to make a prediction right now, who wins next week? Moxley. Yeah. Oh, Moxie's one hundred percent winning. But that's for me is not the that's, mm. that's going into a match where you know the, who the winner is doesn't detract me from a match at all. But if you've got a promo that really makes me excited to see a match, then that that's more than enough. But yeah, I one hundred percent think Mox is winning next week. I'll say Hangman. Maybe maybe they do the Hangman win, then MJF cashes him. And you know, but that just, is a heel move. It is. But also, I'm just going to say now that pff, if he hadn't taken the title off him in May. None of of this would have happened. The company would have been so much better off if you'd have stuck with Hangman. He's your guy. We got Jericho versus Danielson for the ROH World title after that. Uh, Great video package beforehand uh, with ROH archive footage of Danielson as a champion. I really enjoyed that. Jericho tried to get booed by faking out the crowd, started Judas, but then went into Lionheart. But that's part of his Lionheart entrance. Yeah. Is that it starts with Judas and then goes into the the White Zombie song instead. But the crowd still sung it. And they, it was fun that this was, I really like this match. Um, I think Jericho's just been on an insane tear right now. But the way they played into the Hogan poses... Because Jericho the heel was getting cheered. Danielson was getting a little bit of booze, especially when he put on the walls of Jericho. And he kicked the, the code of honor. Yeah. And it's Toronto. It's where WrestleMania 18 took place. I thought that was fun. I yeah. got that reference. You know, I was like, I understand that. 
Uh, Jericho even hit an AA during this. He had the attitude adjustment mm. in all of this, which was really nice. And it built up to this finish where Paul Turner takes a heck of a bump. <laughs> like he just absolutely flies out of the ring. Jericho goes outside and grabs the Ring of Honor Championship. And Garcia, the Ring of Honor Pure Champion, runs down. Eventually. And he gets into the ring and he stops Jericho from using the belt because he's you know, pleading with his former mentor, you are better than this. You're supposed to be the greatest professional wrestler. Don't win in a sports entertainment way. This is Ring of Honor. This is supposed to be pure wrestling. And then he whiffles Danielson with his belt instead and aligns himself back with the JAS, which is a perfect playoff from the loss last week mm. where Garcia is that wrestling of, am I a sports entertainer? Am I a pro wrestler? And every time he tries to be a pro wrestler, it's never really working out for him. But every time someone is a sports entertainer against him, they win. And last week he had to sit there and watch all of his friends celebrate off on the ramp while he was there with a loser pro wrestler. Mm. And so he sided again with the sports entertainers. I thought this was a wicked, wicked finish to this match. And I did not see it coming. I'm not into it. Oh, <laughs> you WWE shill. I, you know, if it isn't the Good Brothers coming back, I, I don't I don't care about this match. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there six dudes in cosplay outfits in the crowd? That would have been much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I... I I felt this for a while. I love the Jericho ROH storyline. I love Blackpool Combat Club, although they have been diluted. It's got the Garcia stuff. I love Garcia. For, but for the last month, this whole am I with them, am I over here, I've got to, it just comes off of a bit of a whiny, spoiled brat vibe to me Ooh, as a character. Yeah, yeah, okay, well, yeah. It's, it's just what I'm feeling. So I'm not really into him. Uh, as this character so when he turned again on Danielson I just felt it felt to me more along the lines of when Luchasaurus turned and then he turned again Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker yeah and I just like I'm, I'm sort of over this part of the story I totally get why you've said that Meltzer and Alvarez said the exact same thing for me, it just doesn't work, and I kind of want to move on from this because I'm, I'm finding it the least interesting part of the larger story. I am kind of done with JS feeding with Blackpool Combat Club, um, but I'm so into this Jericho Garcia Danielson thing that I don't really mind that. And I, and I just thought this was a, a lovely little wrinkle in this mm. story that I did not see coming, and I still think we're leading to Jericho and Garcia. Yeah, you know, once we get to the next Ring of Honor pay per view merging those two titles together, which will make one less title. So that's nice. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was awesome. Loved mm. it. Uh, then we got the Lady Quarter Hour. It's back. Uh, Nyla Rose, in that segment we spoke about earlier, she set up a match with Anna Jay for not the TBS Championship. And then we got Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker versus Sheeta and Tony Storm. Uh, decent tag match. It was mostly focused on Sheeta because Sheeta's now going to get a shot at Tony Storm's women's title um but i just tony storm felt totally background yeah, in this that's that's the problem and jamie hater is the most over thing which is great but yeah you know what we spoke about last week with soraya putting a level of focus on the women's division even though it's far from perfect it's like it's a it's a step this felt like pre-soraya well it's because soraya wasn't there this yeah, week so yeah. you know you can't you, you want to dedicate too much time to the women if a star isn't there and yeah th this was my big issue with it is that 
it's great that Storm is on TV again. That's a brilliant thing because it was what was missing from Thunder Rosa's run was her not being on TV. So Storm has been on TV every single week since she's won that belt. She has been on TV in a featured match. It has to be a featured match. It's the only match they get. Mm-hmm. So that for me is a great thumbs up, but she's never the focus of them. Mm. And here again, she was not the focus of this match and it doesn't make her feel like she's the champion. And that's that's my big issue I, where I have with women's division at the moment, that and you know lack of other matches. And Jamie Hayter just feels like an absolute megastar right now that isn't being... This feels like one of those things that you're going to look back on and be like, that was the time to pull the trigger and you've mm. missed the boat now. Several times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Britt Baker took the pin. At least there's that. Hayter oh, yeah, didn't yeah, lose. True, uh, yeah. It's quite rare. And then we had the main event title thing after a Butcher and the Blade promo segment. Um, overall... I gave this, I think, 72 or 73%. It's one of the lowest Dynamite scores I've ever given. I'm really not that infused by the product at the moment, uh, but that does still translate as a 3.5 out of 5. It's too low, Ollie. <laughs> I gave it 4 out. I would have given it 4 out of 5. Yeah. I, I loved this episode of Dynamite. It was like brilliant in-ring wrestling. I thought it was great storytelling up and down the show, but there are too many titles, and I think the women's division stuff is a bit of a bummer, and I think there is some real mid-card guff on this show that I think does detract from some of the bigger stuff. Uh, Let's say thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon before we get into the remaining redacted chats. The voice of the ring, Josh Roberts. The mayor of Painesville, Dan. Breaking news, Justin Edelite. Justin, the human Godzilla was track. The heir to the throne, Kate Ayers. Up and below. Sorry, up and Keith, but... Try that again. <laughs> up above and Keith below. The Knight Rider, Kit. Exo, I love you, Lady V, Skeleton. Always leave the crowd wanting Brian. More. Lumore... Lume who... Lumeher Amand links the sun. <laughs> I, 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 I did German, all right? Pick him up, loot sponge. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class on the 13th of October 2022, two lots to handle, Lottie McClough. Thank you very much for your Patreon support. The Rest Talk Behind the Scenes podcast <coughs> went live today on patreon.com forward slash rest talk because it's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's Patreon exclusive content day. Next week, it'll be Wrestle Talk after dark. And then the week after that, Ollie Davis and I will be reviewing uh, TNA Bound for Glory 2005, the very first Bound for Glory, a show that I was so so excited for despite the fact this main event was jeff jarrett versus kevin nash (laughs) and spoilers it's not the main event we get (laughs) right last call for chats uh, let's speed through these because we're overrunning slightly. Jack Nichols. Hey, guys. Long time since I last ultra chatted. Been busy AF, but I just wanted to say you're great. Thank you. Also, who would have thought that whilst DX stagnated on Raw, my boy Billy is the one doing great stuff on Dynamite. When I get old, I want to be scissoring folks like Daddy Ass. It's actually mainly true. You know, like I thought the DX stuff was mostly lame that was on Raw and they just felt really yeah. old and kind of lame. Yeah. But Billy Gunn feels like... I I wrote in my notes, he hasn't been this over since 1998. 58 years young. 
Uh, Jack Nichols again. Why are people talking for Nyla? She keeps shushing Vicky like she knows she doesn't need her. I'm an apolo- I'm an I'm an unapologetic Vicky Mark, but even I can't. Uh, I, even I can see she's obsolete at this point. Anyway, love you guys. Finally caught up on UCP2. Can't wait for the next episode. Thanks very much. That's my Games Master podcast I do. And Jack Nichols again. How cool. Oral Sessions becomes All Elite on the same day that the oral history became all a Luke. Oh, right, because I got the Games Master Oral History book in the post. <laughs> right, I'm with you now. Great to see Renee back in the fold despite dynamite being a slightly lower standard than its previous glory we're in a golden age of pro wrestling it certainly isn't as good of a show as it was last year swaggle boon aw is starting to condition me to not believe face turns between garcia and jamie haters abandoned face turns this is dampening my excitement for them i really wanted to get invested in these stories but the sudden turns back take me out of it that's the thing is i never saw garcia as a baby mm. face turn mm. in the same way i didn't see jamie hater as a baby face turn either uh, don't mind me, I'm at work. I think it was Kevin Nash who said, if your babyface never wins, he's effed. Never thought that would be the lesson Jericho took from WCW. It, <coughs> it's a shame that the BCC, the best thing in AEW, was swallowed up by Jericho, the most protected man in AEW. In fairness, he's doing a storyline where he's beating former <laughs> Ring of Honor champion, so he did have to win this here. Danielson does feel quite off the boil, though, in terms of yeah. momentum. Alistair Gammond. Uh, still can't believe that I was there last night. 3,500 miles from home to watch that. Crowd was on fire all night long. So happy I got to experience it live. If people are calling out Tony Khan, when are you coming to London? We're waiting. Jam that jam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything I said, I'd be first in line for that AEW show. Enrique Jr. has chatted in twice. I like Mark Sterling, but his segment genuinely made me mad. Why would you call down your hottest tag team? And I will forever die on the hill. Hangman should have beaten CM Punk. Preach. Also, do you guys see the Hangman promo, not just for himself, but also for MJF to get him to slowly turn face? Also, you guys are wonderful, and I hope you get bags and bags of money for your hard work. Oh, thank you. We do. <laughs> uh, I'll hot tag. Boom. The Adnap 2. I would have liked the All-Atlantic title to have been shared between AEW and New Japan, but there's another promotion that doesn't need more titles. It's New Japan. <laughs> well, lucky for you, they're about to introduce a new one. Uh, Riot DR. That's look, a good idea, though. Look, it's John Moxley's hot Canadian wife, Renee. Over there, it's Sean Spears, who's been a heel for like 90% of his <laughs> AEW run. But Canada pop. Ethan Page is backstage and will be featured on Rampage. The people boo Danielson. That's Canada. That's bizarro land. Uh, Lemo Walsh was there last night and it was a blast. Being a Warwickshire lad living in Ontario, it was awesome hearing the crowd pop for all the Canadian talent. Maple Jays proud. Jungle Boy vs. Luchasaurus best match of the night for me. Personally, pop seeing the Bollywood boys on Dark. Of course they are Canadian. Uh, not a single Canadian destroyer. <gasps> You're right. Missed opportunity. Don't mind me, I'm at work. I really believe you can have all of these belts and if you have something for the holders to do. Right now, a number of champions are kind of floating around. Where are the open challenges? Tournaments for number one contenderships. If you have them, make the belts feel important. I mean, actually, if you did another tournament, people would just complain you do too yeah, many yeah. tournaments. I also think if you have a lot of titles, that means you it's a lazier way of booking because you don't have to come up with the more complex thing, which is blood feuds which have proper stories and character conflicts because you don't have the belt as a crux, uh, crutch. So, yes, I miss blood feuds. I, I would agree with that. That's the thing. AEW is missing that big feud right now that we have had, you know, the past three years. Mm -hmm. We've always had that. Like, that's the next big thing. That's the next big thing. We haven't had 
the big thing for a while. Uh, Cassidy Delaney, hello lads. So, so happy to see Orange Cassidy get his first goal. It's been a long time coming. Him and Pat could sh and should end up as one of those we're destined to do this forever <laughs> feuds. Just uh, just have them have a match every 14 to 18 months. They make magic. Agree. Mark of Steel, remember friendos that MGF is the devil and the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing the world he didn't exist. The firm helps MJF win when he trashes everything he... Sorry. The firm helps MJF win, and he trashes everyone for thinking he'd changed. Yeah, don't rule it out. This whole babyface tease could totally be just a way to go, ah, I got you. Yeah. I made each and every one of you made fools of. A way to sucker him regal. Just jo like he did yeah. for Punk. Joel, and lastly for now, Joel Wilson said, the only thing I paid attention to on this week was Orange Cassidy's match and the acclaimed daddy ass segment marked out for Renee showing up. Jam that jam. Absolutely love you guys. Scissor me daddy ass. First time Ultra Chat as well. Thank you, Joel. And we've had one more coming. Simon JH316. Been watching you guys for a couple of years and thought since I was at the show, we've had so many people who are at the show. A lot of Canadians last night. There's no better time to send in my first redacted chat. Thought the show's, show was tons of fun. Fun, helped by what I thought was a red hot crowd all night. You guys rock, by the way. Thank you so much. But Thank you. With so many Canadians in chats, I mean, we just got Canadian dollars. Oh! I know there was something off about this show, and I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. Someone said that we should get bags and bags of money for the work we do. Well, yeah. not anymore. No, not with these Canadian bucks. What a, what a waste of a show this was. Oh, you know, press the thumbs up button, I guess. We could always do with that help. Subscribe if you can, if you haven't already. Um, you know, th thank you for watching. As you actually donated real money uh, to this show. Jam that jam! 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 Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.